and welcome to this episode of the 10K Media Podcast. Uh, this is going to be really fun because this is a startup that just launched last month and it's their first podcast. And I'm, uh, you know, really honored that they were uh, they were able to jump on this opportunity. Um, I reached out to them on Twitter because I saw the TechCrunch article go live and um, it seemed super interesting. So I have with me the founder of AutoCloud. They just raised four million in seed co-founder there's there's a few um but i'm talking to the ceo tyson kanovsky tyson how are you doing i'm doing great thanks so much for having me yeah man thanks for taking the time this is going to be fun um give us the 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 high level view what what is autocloud up to oh yeah so autocloud is essentially building out the graphql api for everything so what we do is we create regular snapshots of your multi-environment or multi-cloud footprint data so that cloud engineers and their managers can get instant insights and reports into security, compliance, governance, spend. We even have a few other interesting things in the pipeline as well so that you can just really deeply understand your cloud easily. Unlike you know console tools or CLIs or other tools out there that make you play detective, our platform just makes it really simple to ask any question about your environment, such as, hey, is this approved architecture for a GCP project that we plan to build the same as the project that we're currently building? If not, what's the difference? Or what's changed over the last day, week, month? What does my billing look like in AWS? Um, we even do automated 3D documentation that makes it really, really easy to keep your environments up to date. So our end goal is to essentially be the place where if you have a question about your cloud data, you can come and get answers to that, to those questions in AutoCloud. Yeah, that's, you know, part of what really jumped out at me was this sort of, you know, the transparency and the optimization of performance of price. Um, it's a trend I'm seeing in the market. I want to dive deeper into all this stuff, but can I ask for people who don't know what, what is, Cloud Graph, is that an, that's an open source project that AutoCloud is built on top of? Exactly. So Cloud Graph is the open source GraphQL API for AWS and Azure. We're adding support currently for Kubernetes, for GCP, even minor cloud providers, Tencent Cloud, Ollie Cloud, DigitalOcean, et cetera, et cetera. And we decided to start this off as an open source project so that we could let the community use the software if they didn't want to pay for AutoCloud and really just give back a little bit. And this is what powers AutoCloud internally. So Cloud Graph is 100% free to use. Um, you're able to go and use some of the benefits of AutoCloud if you don't wanna pay for a SaaS platform. Very cool. And what were you involved also in, uh, or you and the team, I guess, in the creation of the open source project as well? Or did you kind of take it and then build AutoCloud on top of it sort of independently or? Yeah, no. So that was the plan all along. We decided to start off with this open source project, launch that first. Um, we were really surprised by the reception out the gate. We had a lot of positive reception from the community. And that kind of became the engine that we use to power everything that we're doing internally with AutoCloud. I love it. I I love when this happens. And I, I do recommend to all of my, like, uh, I have a client, Bridge Crew. They have an open source project, Chekhov. And like, that's such a great way to, to, you know, you do it selflessly to, to an extent, but it really is like also a good sort of funnel, right? For like a lead gen perspective, not to get, you know, tactical about it, but it's interesting that you guys kind of thought about that 
from the outset, right? Like we, we can build this open source project and get interest and give away value, but then hope some of that value sort of boomerangs back to you, right? Via people signing up for the full platform. I mean, is that a fair assessment of what happened? Totally fair. I mean, we've seen a lot of really interesting inbound from folks that have used Cloud Graph and like, hey, I don't really want to manage the security model. Don't want to have to deal with the scaling ourselves. So can we use AutoCloud since AutoCloud does that for us? So it's been a, a good strategy so far. Nice. Yeah. Any startup listening, um, any way you can get that bottoms up moving, right? I mean, even uh, if you don't have an open source project, but you can do like a free tier of your platform, you know, I don't know. I just really believe in giving away value where you can um, because especially in bottoms up, right? Because people just don't want to pay unless they know there's value there, right? And this is a way to give them a, a, a taste of it. Um, and it's not like groundbreaking stuff. Right? I mean, a lot of people talk about bottoms up. You mentioned DigitalOcean. I was actually there. That was like a, one of the first startups I, I worked at actually. And I, you know, they would give away servers all over the place. You know, it was already only $5 a month. And even then they would give, you know, hundreds of dollars of credit away to de developers. Cause like, you're trying to stick out, right? And you're trying to differentiate in, in a crowded market with a lot of tech companies coming to market and, and funding is, is pretty hot right now. And so I think it's a really good way to get more eyeballs, more logos, right? Oh, absolutely. I was listening to a fireside chat with the CEO of TimescaleDB, a fantastic open source project. Um, that is a, a really interesting piece of technology. And his advice to other founders and folks in open source communities when they were looking to build open source and transition that to some sort of paid SaaS offering was from the get-go, be helpful, help first, and really try and do something that's good for the community. The rest will follow. If you have something that fulfills a specific niche and that you're looking to build out in order to make the community a better place, there's chances are that there's going to be a handful of folks that are going to need a managed version of that software and be willing to pay for it. So yeah, hundred percent agreed there. Yeah. And I think, and, and this is hard to quantify, but it has to come from a genuine place. Right. And, and it's, and it's interesting. It translates to my world a little bit with, you know, communications and brand where a big red flag for me is, if I'm talking to, let's say, a founder of a new startup and they're coming out of stealth and we're talking about all the fun things we can do, you know, podcasts and, you know, you know, it'd be great to get like a big pop on TechCrunch like you guys did or whatever, whatever. And then they immediately start start talking about like conversions and how are we going to mm -hmm. track conversions and how are we going to. And it's like, look, like that stuff's important, but there's value in just the value. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I think um, it, it's probably similar from a product perspective, right? Like if if you're going into it genuinely trying to help, um, yeah, I think I think this stuff boomerangs back and, and sort of being like loved within the community, especially for, you know, this is a DevOps podcast, you know, a lot of, I have obviously a lot of DevTools clients and like, that's really hard to get. And once you have it, I mean, it, you can't quantify that value, right? Oh, absolutely. Build the base, the rest will come. So, it's an interesting trend. I think one of the things that caught my eyes about AutoCloud also is um, it's just kind of something I'm seeing now where, um, 
you know, there's a startup in Israel called Granulate. They, they just raised a series B for like, they call it continuous optimization. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddies at Advantage who are ex DigitalOcean, they launched recently to do like cost optimization. Um, so it seems like people want optimizing uh, uh, platforms to help them understand where costs are going, where, where their performance needs, things like all of this stuff. Um, so I guess my question is what, why now? I mean, has this always been a concern and, and just no solutions have come to market to, to deal with it yet? And maybe a more, I mean, this could be a fastball down the middle question for you, but I, I guess I am curious why don't the cloud providers, for example, just get better at giving that visibility and giving you optimization sort of baked in? Oh man, so many good questions, so many different paths to take to answer that. Um, I guess, you know, thinking over the last five, 10 years, the cloud providers, AWS in particular, and then DigitalOcean, Azure, GCP, have done a wonderful job of building out the services that we all use. And these services create the backbone of the internet and our ability to go off and as startups and businesses build out value that will help drive forward digital innovation. But they're not really focused too much, uh, from my perspective, on developer experience and making things the most optimal solution that's going to be helpful in the best possible way. Case in point, look at companies like Snowflake that have taken a concept that you know, nobody believed that they could win on and done something like Redshift on AWS in a way that's just 10x better. Now they're a massive public company that's doing really, really well. Um, I think that there's a lot of room now for solutions that are kind of playing in that middle space that are focused on good experience and focused on solving problems from a data aggregation perspective to really thrive. I mean, you mentioned Vantage. There's a bunch of other startups that are doing things around pricing, startups that are doing things around cloud security posture management, people that are doing things around, say, IAM access. I think there's an entire middle layer that we can fill in there in order to make better experience and help serve people's needs on the day-to-day better from just a dev, sec, FinOps perspective overall. Um, and I think that's that's my take. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, uh, you know, but it is interesting. There's that critique of AWS, right? Where they have vendors and they have partnerships and then they either just eat it or they, but you know, it's still opportunity, right? To, to, to solve a problem. And then, you know, what, what is auto clouds, uh, ultimate like vision? I mean, I know you guys just launched, but like, I don't know if AWS said, Hey, we love this and we'd love to bake it in. Would, would, would you be open to that? Or are you, you look into bit, you have a bigger picture in mind? Absolutely. You know, we have a lot of friends at AWS and we've had some really good conversations over there. And to answer just a quick part of the the last question that you proposed, I think that our perspective is that a lot of cloud providers want to make it a little bit opaque to get your data out, right? You think of a company like Vantage that's doing an amazing job of going and helping people simplify and understand their billing what they're working on, adding a little bit of machine learning in there to help optimize costs moving forward. I don't know strategically if the cloud providers have an incentive to give their customers, not just for say billing related data, but other data back in a format that's really easily accessible because they don't want you to go to GCP. They want you to stay on AWS, right? We think of the cloud wars, the pricing wars, everything that's come over the last few years, with cuts, 
it's very, very cutthroat. There's a lot of money to be made. The cloud market is growing at an almost crypto uh, style rate where it's just becoming massive. We're headed towards a trillion dollar market in the next few years. So I think that when we think of AutoCloud and what we ultimately want it to be, we want it to be the platform that allows you to pull out your data from any source, whether that be cloud data, SaaS data, one day potentially even app data into a single place and then be able to supplement that data, for example, an EC2 instance or a certain application you have running with all the different categories of data that you might find useful as an operator. The things I mentioned earlier around compliance, governance, spend, IM access, right? All of that data making it accessible and then creating a robust visual framework that allows you to take the data that you care about and map it back in a Tableau-esque fashion so that you can visualize the things that you care about and be notified in the times that make sense based on the, the job function that you're doing. You know, it's interesting looking at your website and you know, reading the TechCrunch article and, and even hearing you talk. I think, you know, part of my the where I come from mostly is is from a narrative perspective, right? And I'm looking at um, you guys talk about compliance and you talk about, you know, it's like security and then cost optimization and then visibility and then tracking your cloud changes and then all this stuff. And like, how do you message that? Like, because I mean, I guess in general, it's all about data and it's all about optimization, but, you know, practically it's, it becomes one of those things where if you're appealing to everybody, you're appealing to nobody. Like, how do you hone in on what, from a narrative perspective you want to focus on, you know, I have some clients that are like, you know, Lightstep is like very, um, we're about observability and Gremlin was about you know, chaos engineering, like, in, and at least in the early stages, really narrowing in and then over time, expanding the offering. But it seems like from the gates, you have a bunch of use cases and a bunch of target audiences. Is that correct? And how are you sort of, you know, narrowing it down? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You look at companies that are a little bit older, like say Cloud Health who have done a good job or, you know, in the past have done a good job of aggregating together these various insight categories and exposing to you them to you and, and your team. I think that it's a little bit of an art, a little bit of a science. I think it's definitely important to lead with a wedge. For example, one of the wedges that we do lead with with customers is saying, hey, we can show you your environments. And then we know typically when it comes to operating in the cloud, these three or four different areas are typical pain points for customers that we've seen in the past based, based on our own experience, things that we've experienced directly. We have capabilities for these different areas. What, 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 what matters to you? What is something that's going to be a big focus on your 20 to 22 roadmap and the initiatives moving forward? And then really dialing in on those capabilities. So half of it, I guess, is just marketing and sales. And half of it is just the data. Once you're able to have the data for the basic fundamental building blocks of cloud and of application of those things, you can typically find other tools that are focused and do, do a much better job of giving you that insight data. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel and then integrating with that data and pulling it in. So it's almost like a choose your own adventure in the sense that a lot of different companies and organizations, especially enterprises in the Fortune 5, have different goals and initiatives when it comes to overall cloud operation and just really asking questions, trying to have empathy for the customer and figure out where the best um, insights you can give uh, are and then providing those to the customers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think so it almost sounds 
like there's a consulting piece of your business model then. I mean, is that fair? Because I, it's always interesting to me where, like with a product like yours, it seems like the benefit is at scale, right? Or, or mm -hmm. the greater scale there is, the greater the benefit there is. But then you have a totally open source, bottoms up motion. So how do you balance those two priorities, let's say, you know, for mm. other people who may be in the same space, which honestly, in my experience, is most startups in this space are balancing bottoms up versus top down. And then, you know, from the actual go to market strategy, is it mostly approaching big companies and consulting or whatever? Or is there a way that the product itself helps companies do this without intervention from humans on, on your end? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think that there's definitely a, a learning and I'm not sure if I would quite use consulting, but we, we can use that term consulting aspect to going in and just truly understanding the pain and solving for that pain, right? And then being able to offer a solution that directly addresses those issues that, that folks are having trouble with. And when I think about just the dichotomy between open source and SaaS, there's definitely two different worlds there. How we've managed to, at least for, you know, in the beginning stage of our company, deal with this is we do have dedicated teams for open source and dedicated teams for SaaS. And open source is our DNA, right? We want to make sure that we're able to give away almost all of the value that we can so that small companies, folks that, you know, don't have massive cloud spend, they're not going to be looking to pay a lot of money for a tool such as AutoCloud, we're able to get that benefit out there. So we've split our team down the middle where we have a bunch of folks that are working on open source. That open source is making the community a better place, replacing the hard to use opaque data um, tools that the cloud are giving you to get your data out and just driving leads and building goodwill in the community. And then you know a certain percentage of those folks that have been using Cloud Graph come to us and say, hey, we really like your Cloud Graph product. Um, we just need a little bit more help we don't want to have to run this ourselves. We also would like some of these enterprise features you have around security, around visualization, around this is coming next year, real-time streaming, so your data is always up to date. I think that you can typically give away 80 to 90% of what you do when it comes to open source and make sure that that's being beneficial to the community. And then those really robust, hardcore enterprise features, obviously the enterprise-ready stuff, the auditing and logging, the SSO, the reporting, that stuff. And then in addition, some of the more costly features around security and around real-time streaming makes sense to be just enterprise and just uh, SaaS focused. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, I mean, some of my clients and, and, you know, some not my clients, but just, you know, I know players in the space that have, that's basically their model, right? Like they have a free tier or an open source and then they have enterprise and that's, that's it. It's kind of very bifurcated, kind of like how you just described it. And I, mm -hmm. I think, over time though, and, and maybe, you know, it's too early to say on, on your end, because um, there are companies I know that are series B that haven't, you know, figured this out, but that's sort of mid-tier, right? Like the, um, the self-service, like, okay, I want to pay for a hosted offering. I just want to swipe my credit card and go, mm -hmm. but that figuring out what that is and what that pricing should be and what should or should not be included in that tier versus enterprise and balancing, you know, incentivizing people from really doing the full enterprise thing because you're giving away too much in that mid tier. This all seems to be problems that the space is, is trying to figure out. And I, I think on my mm -hmm. end, part of it is 
you know, if developers themselves or, you know, end users want more of this, hey, I don't want to talk to sales. I just want to swipe a credit card and go thing. Then they actually need to do that more often, right? I think that's part of the challenge is like, I know so many companies that want to be product led and they want to be bottoms up, but it's just not generating revenue and they have to rely on those few top-down logos um, to just sustain the business. So how, how do you see that? Think of all the times where you've been really excited about a product and you've gone and you've done a, you know, looked around the site and you decide not to use it only because you have to talk to somebody and there's this annoying enterprise sale that you have to go through, but you just don't want to do it, right? I think that we can learn from those mistakes. And if you have a middle tier to your point that allows anybody just to swipe a credit card, put down something for not crazy amount of money and begin using the tool, that's a really interesting and attractive thing that you can do. And that's how we, we, we work at AutoCloud as well. So I think that at the end of the day, everybody that runs on the cloud has the problem of visibility, no matter if you're a two-person startup or you're a behemoth that's spending $500 million a year on AWS, for example. And we want to make sure that we're able to capture as big part of that market segment as possible allowing folks that, you know, maybe I'm at some mid-market company and I just want to put down my credit card and get going. Hey, we support that. Or maybe for the, you know, bigger enterprise folks that need that real time, that need that extra security, they'd like that higher touch point. I think that there's a middle ground that can be explored here where you can still make an interesting bottoms up play and then convert and transition down the road to some of those bigger top-down direct sales but I think it all comes together in a cohesive strategy. There's other components too here specifically for SaaS tools like the marketplaces, right? Allowing yourself to be a marketplace solution on AWS or Azure and GCP, and then allowing you to frictionlessly do pass-through billing is another great way to allow people to get started that doesn't require talking to enterprise sales. So I'll admit that we're relatively early on in our journey. To date, we've been doing a lot of the top-down sales, selling to folks like CIOs, VPs of technology, directors of DevOps, just because from an annual contract perspective, looking you know as we are at a small as an early stage startup, that's just a great way to get a few big early wins, get some large contracts, and show traction in the marketplace. You then get to the place where you know you're looking towards a Series A, a more significant capital raise. You're able to four, five, even six x your team and build out more product value. That's kind of how we're conceptualizing it. But I think to your point, it's really important to be able to go and have that middle tier offering as well in such a fashion that anybody can kind of go ahead and just get started. I think one of the advantages too of your product specifically, because I think like, you know, actually like the compliance and the, the you know, the, the tracking, the changes and all, like all of that stuff is, is really super interesting and maybe even the most interesting stuff, but the cost stuff is like the challenge a lot of my clients have is just convincing people that the ROI is worth it, right? Like, it's like, oh yeah, we probably do need X or we do need Y, or it'd be great to have Z, but the investment, both in terms of just paying you as a vendor and also that the, the, the more, you know, it's another tool we have to adopt is another thing we have to do. Um, it's just not worth it sometimes, right? That, that can be a common pushback, I think, in, in the space. Um, but when you have clear cost calculations, right? And you can just say, no, look, we'll show you how much you're spending and where it's non-optimal and we will save you money. I think that 
that pitch is very easy to make and is a good lead. And, and is that, do you, do you find yourself leading with that? Um, because I imagine if you can show, Hey, yeah, you're going to pay us X, but you'll save Y uh, very concretely uh, that, that makes for a good sell. Exactly. And I think it's really important to lead, especially when we're talking enterprise sales, with those ROI calculations, I mean, there's other motivations to sell. You think of a single misconfiguration when it comes to, say, a security group or a firewall. Well, that can cause some really significant legal problems, brand damage reputation, potential outages, security-related events, right? You can sell based on fear and on, hey, if you don't have good posture management, you don't have good security, that's a potential issue. Or to your point, we can also tie this directly back to ROI and value. How many hours are we saving per developer per month by using our tool? What do the case studies look like? How are we able to make your operations more efficient? And what would you do, what would you do with that mark with that additional capital if you truly could focus on your digital transformation as a company without having to focus on the repetitive tasks, the detective work, data aggregation, all those ops related concerns? You're just going to be able to outcompete and stay relevant in an ever-changing and more competitive landscape and world. Yeah, I think uh, that sounds like a good pitch to me. You know, I uh, <laughs> I think uh, you know it's just funny to me that you know I see like I said, there's a lot of startups doing these optimization things with cost and whatever, and um, you know I I think you have a good point that the cloud providers aren't particularly incentivized to make it better. Um, although that's an interesting point. I mean, because then why do they even allow access via API for tools like you to come in and, and pull that data, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, you know, a product person, so I don't, I don't know the answer to these questions, but, um, you know, this is definitely a trend, this optimization trend. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, what really appealed to me about AutoCloud was sort of, it wasn't just focused on, let's say, shift left, DevSec, it wasn't just focused on optimizing cost. It was sort of trying to be a more broad place where a person could kind of centralize all of their data and have better visibility. So where do you see this all going for AutoCloud? Yeah, I think that in my mind, there's a lot of wonderful startups and even more mature companies out there that are providing specific class of insight, right? We've talked about various categories so far. I think that, you know, a lot of those folks are taking novel approaches that are that are genuinely useful to be giving you better insights and helping you understand and slice and dice your data in better ways. But from our perspective, there isn't really a great player out there that's aggregating all those signals together and creating the data backbone of the future so that folks can go and build out whatever sort of tooling they need internally in order to be able to solve a variety of business cases. Do we really need another SaaS platform out there that helps us in area X after we already have you know, a couple other things internally? Maybe, maybe not. But I think that where this all goes moving forward is if we can become the language and the representation for data of any kind related to cloud, related to SaaS, related to general operations, that's really interesting. And if we're able to really own that and steward that forward from an open source perspective, and there's a potential big upside to be the folks that are kind of maintaining and managing that. I'm not so worried about competition from say an AWS or a GCP or an Azure. Maybe they build their own API to do this, 
but you know, there's not a, not a great incentive for these other cloud providers to, if you're AWS, make building things on GCP easier because AWS is trying to eat GCP's lunch and vice versa. So I think moving forward, the more data that we can get aggregated into the platform, the more classes of insight, the more accessibility and visibility that we're able to provide to organizations of all shapes and sizes, the easier we can just make everybody's life. And then, you know, take our small slice of that pie too. Well, this has been a pretty, you know, I mean, I, I think your the story sounds great. And, uh, but, you know, to not be accused of just lobbing your softballs, I, I want to get <laughs> a, a little, because, uh, uh, so are there any competitors in the open source world to CloudGraph? Yes, there are. So there's a company based out of Tel Aviv. I've got a ton of respect for these guys. They're called Cloud, uh, Cloud Query. Uh -huh. And Cloud Query is doing an interesting thing with SQL, where you can go and you can select all of your data from your various cloud providers, and it puts it into SQL tables. And then you can go do select star from EC2 instance where property is equal to X and get back that data as a report. There's also a really interesting company out there that's doing the exact same thing with a slightly different tweak called Steampipe. Steampipe with Cloud Query, or sorry, all the names are so similar. With, um, yeah, with Cloud Query, the, the data is versioned, so you can compare against different histories of your data. With Steampipe, the data is live. But when we think about the use case and examples of kind of how you'd use these, pro these projects out there, right, these are for kind of more sophisticated DevOpsy folks that are able to go and understand the nuances of cloud, how connections are made, and be able to go and kind of process and get their own insights out there. I think the biggest difference between us and those folks that, and I really like their projects, I think they're really interesting. And I think there's definitely a market for all of us to share is that we're making this all API driven. So you can basically hook into AutoCloud, hook into Cloud Graph, get your data out in the GraphQL API. The insights are automatically made and packaged for you along with the data. You don't really have to do anything extra to get them. Whereas these other tools are more power user based and they give you similar, similar results. You have to have a little bit more domain expertise to use them, which is why initially we've been going after folks from the Fortune 5 and other large companies that you know, are hiring people like cloud consultants to come in and help them with their competency when it comes to cloud overall, just because maybe they're not the strongest internally there and they can use a little bit of help. Whereas for folks that are really sophisticated, really good, and that need to go off and you know do highly specific things. The other there are other tools out there that do make this easy as well. Um, maybe in the future we collaborate. We have both a SQL and a GraphQL based version. But I wish them nothing but the best. They're 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 good people. Cool. Well, maybe to wrap up, we didn't really get into into you. I know we we talked for a second before we hit record and. One of the co-founders is your wife, Evelyn, I believe is her name. That's, <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Amazing. And then there's a couple of other co-founders. So maybe um, we get into the people side of things for, for a second before we wrap up. So what's your personal backstory? And then tell us about the, the founding team and how kind of you all came together. No, absolutely. Happy, happy to do that. So um, my engineering career started in high school. Um, my parents helped found a company called the Gottman Institute, which for 40 years has been studying couples relationships and can predict with 90% accuracy, 
just from watching a couple fight for five minutes, whether they will stay together or get divorced. And there's a whole separate episode that we could do about the work that they're doing. It's absolutely fascinating. And they've been able to help so many people around the world to just strengthen and repair the relationships with various tools. I help them, you know, to the best of my ability, modernize and bring some of those tools to the masses by building out SaaS platforms and platforms for people to come and do relationship checkup sites, things of that nature. Um, I've worked for, after that, a variety of different product and consulting companies, started my own company that helped migrate uh, workloads to the cloud for large companies that had data centers that wanted to shut them down. And then besides start AutoCloud, um, that last company that I started was acquired. I became their head of technology, was there for about a year and a half and decided to start AutoCloud because time and time again, we saw when we went to large enterprise organizations, just a general lack of visibility, asset management, security compliance, billing, identity and access management, and just made a whole lot of sense to try and build a solution that would make everybody's lives easier when it came to accessing this data. And from a founding team perspective, we have a total of four co-founders, which is sizable. Um, we have myself, we have Christopher Koning, who is our CTO. Chris and I have been working together for five years. I hired him as an engineer at my last uh, company. We have Drew Gilliam, who is our COO. Drew actually helped start my last company with me, so we were co-founders there. And then we have my wife, Evelyn Latour, who's absolutely amazing. Uh, big shout out to her. It takes a special person to uh, start a company. Uh, with, I guess, a special couple to start a company together as, uh, as spouses, especially in the early days where there's a lot of pain points around product market fit and being unsure when it comes to what you should be doing and how you should be prioritizing your time. So many things to figure out. She's been an absolute trooper and we work really well together. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the founding team and that's kind of how it's all come together. That's amazing. And if, you know, Startups are hard and uh, good to know if there's hard times, you can go to the Gotham Institute and figure it out. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Google it after. Uh, it sounds very, <laughs> I mean, the fact that you can get insights from a brief glimpse of something, that's kind of, I'm sure there's a lot of the dev world that would love a, a parallel. But um, anyway, well, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, where can people find you? Absolutely. Check us out at autocloud.dev. Um, feel free to drop me a line at tyson at autocloud.dev. If you want to chat or if you have any ideas um also if you sign up and you find that the free trial isn't big enough for you feel free to just drop us a line on the bottom right hand side of our site we have a little button you can write me an email um it goes directly to me and we can make sure that you get sorted out and you can try out some of the enterprise and pro features that we have and are you currently hiring or it's pretty pretty tight ship right now we are hiring. Um, we're currently about 20 engineers. We've been really, really fortunate. Everybody that we have on the team right now is pretty senior. Um, we figured it might just be a little bit easier for our seed round to have a more senior DevOpsy focused crew. But drop me a note, Tyson at autocloud.dev. Would love to hear from you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Tyson. Check them out, autocloud.dev. This is the 10K Media Podcast. Until next time. <laughs>